0: know about you, but I really like mysteries. I love to read mysteries. I love to watch mysteries. I, things that are mysterious there. It seems to be something that people across the world find themselves drawn to. Something that's mysterious. Something that's unknown. Something that we have to try to figure out and being a part of it. But as Christians, the Bible tells us that, we have a, that we're involved in a mystery that is greater than and more amazing than any mystery that has ever been devised by the mind of man and anything that can go on and all that's going on. We have been given to us a mystery revealed to us by God through the Apostle Paul as he talks about the mystery of the church and the things that are going on and being a part of that. And as we begin looking in chapter 3 this morning, we begin by looking at Paul, and it seems as though Paul wants to pray again for the church. In chapter 1 we read a great prayer that he had for the church and now he seems to want to pray again but he finds himself caught up in what's been going on and all that he's been saying already about the grace of God and and all that God has done and how God has worked in the lives of people to bring them into a personal relationship with Him through Jesus Christ and all that that means for the body of Christ, all the things we've won and, and achieved that are ours because we are the body of Christ, we are the spiritual building of the living God upon the face of the earth and all that's going on and being a part of it. And he's just so overwhelmed with what's going on a mystery, according to the scripture, is something that only God knows. And you and I can only know it as God reveals it to us. It's something that's been in the heart of God for all time, for all eternity. But now he has chosen to open it up and make it known to us that we might understand what's been in the heart of God all along. And that's what these verses are about. When I began to look at this, I, I was going to do verses 1 through 13. As, and I, the more I looked at it, the more I realized that I couldn't do it in one day and the time that's allotted to me and the thing that's here and being a part. There's so much here. I wanted to do more because I know some people feel like it gets drugged out. Just we've been in Ephesians forever and we're going to be there forever and can't you go somewhere else and do something else? And, and I was trying to speed up a little bit and, and get on through the book a little bit faster, but God wouldn't let me do that. There, in fact, He's slowing me down and trying to keep me from going on. So uh, I just pray that you'll be able to hear the wonder of what's in this passage and what God is saying to us. We're going to look at the first three verses this morning. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And allow them, I pray, to just begin to whet our appetite for all that's here and all that's there. Paul's going to get back in verse 14 to the prayer that's on his heart that he wants to do. But he gets kind of interrupted, and we'll see that in just a moment. But as we look at this, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. And just let it speak to us in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, as we find ourselves listening. Paul is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And he's talking to the Christians. And he says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we take this word and as we try to understand the depths of it and all that's there the the wonder that was going through the heart and the mind of Paul as as you spoke to him and through him and father i pray this that we would get a hold that we we let the holy spirit and the gospel the truth of grace get a hold of us the way it got a hold of him and it makes such a difference in our lives and all that we do and, and all that we're about as we try to understand the reality of this great word from god so father speak to our hearts don't let us hear simply a man's words, but may we hear the Holy Spirit speaking gently and yet clearly into the very being of our soul. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. As we think about this, as I mentioned, Paul was getting ready to pray for the, uh, another prayer for the Christians there in Ephesus. And, and as he goes, and, and what he tells them as he begins is that I, Paul, uh, a prisoner, and he's a prisoner because he's been preaching grace to the Gentiles. And he's been telling them that God is willing to accept everybody, no matter who they are. They're welcome by, to the grace of God. They're welcome to, be, to experience what God has, and they're invited to be a part of that. Well, that didn't go over real well, obviously, with the Jewish world and, and a lot of other people as being a part of it. And, and he's in prison because of what he's preaching, the truth of the gospel and the things that are there. For the, and, and he says, for the sake of the Gentiles. And he's talking about it. In some translations, you would find him saying, I was about to pray or I was going to pray for your sake. But then he gets interrupted. Have you ever been interrupted when you've been praying? Boy, I have. You know, I'd be praying and thinking about you know, and all of a sudden my mind just gets assaulted by everything that's going on. I think about this thing that needs to be done, or that thing that needs to be done, or something else that comes on, or maybe the phone rings, or there's just all kinds of ways to get interrupted when you're praying. What happened to Paul was as he was praying preparing to pray, his mind just became, once again, overwhelmed with the reality of all that he had already been talking about, and he just couldn't get over the the excitement and the wonder of what God had been doing, as he talked about, we are saved by grace, he said, and and we're saved for a purpose, and and we've been made into the body of Christ, and and we've been redeemed, and and we over and over and over again, he just kept being drawn to the wonder of what God had done through Jesus Christ, and how God was revealing his grace and his mercy, and the things that were there, and as he goes back to that, he just has to find himself having to pause in his prayer for a moment and just expound some more upon the wonder of who God is and what God is doing and through the church and to the church and for the church and even the very reality of the church. See, the church is the mystery, and we'll see that more in, a, in the verses that follow, but he's coming along, and so he's praying or wanting to pray, but as he does, he's interrupted in his mind, in his heart, I think by the Holy Spirit, that he just has to say some more. He just, this, this is just too good to quit talking about it. It's just too good to be quiet about. I need to tell you some more. I need to rejoice some more on this great mystery that God has given me stewardship of, that he's made me accountable for, to tell the people around and being a part of it. So he finds himself just pausing in his prayer, interrupted in order that he might continue on. And then he tells us that it's because. He says, for this reason. That's the great because. See, all of us need a because in our life. We need to know that we have a cause worth living for. Every one of us need to understand that there's something in our lives that's meaningful, that's magnificent, that's beyond anything that we can know or experience apart from the grace of God. See, he's saying that because God so loved me that He gave His only Son to die for me, because grace is greater than all my sin, because God's work in my life has been able to move me in places I've never been, because God has used me in the work of God, because God has such great words to be spoken into my heart, because God's love is beyond comprehension in all All that is there and on and on. The because. See, we need a because in our lives. We need to know today that we have a cause that's worth living for. That we have a cause that's worth everything that we are. Every breath that we breathe. Every action that we take. We have a cause that is so much greater than all that. You see, we have a holy calling in the Lord Jesus Christ that is higher and holier than anything on the face of the earth. Men and women in Christ Jesus have the highest calling in all of earth. We would have to lower our standards and lower our life and put ourselves way, way down on the ladder to be able to be just a president or a king or a governor or whatever it may be. We have the most um, awesome calling in all the world, the cause of Christ, the cause of the gospel, the wonder of grace in all that is there. That's what Paul's saying, because of grace, because of God's work in our life, because of it. it is for this reason that I'm speaking what I'm speaking. It is for this reason that I have given my life for Christ. It is for this reason that I'm in prison, even this moment as I write this letter to you. It is because of the grace of God. It is because of the cause in my life that is greater than all things, that I have been called, gifted, given accountability for the grace of God and the story of God and all that's there and being a part of it. You and I need to understand that that's our calling. That's what God has done for each and every one of us as the people of God and the things that are going on and being a part of it. We have been a part of this word stewardship that is used is a word that you know well. It just means that we have been entrusted with something. And because we've been entrusted with it, we are accountable for it. We are responsible for it. We have to do something with it in honor of the one who gave it to us. God has given to you and given to me as he gave to Paul the stewardship of the gospel. The stewardship of grace to be able to share it with other people and to be able to tell about it in every way. Spurgeon said it this way, Every Christian here is either a missionary or an imposter. You either try to spread abroad the kingdom of Christ or else you do not love Him at all. It cannot be that there is a high appreciation of Jesus and a totally silent tongue about Him. You can't say you love Jesus and not talk about Him. You can't say that you've experienced grace and not want to share it with other people. You can't find the miracle, the greatest miracle, the most astounding truth in all of eternity that God so loved us that he gave his only son for you and for me to be forgiven of sin and to walk in the nature of the love of God for all of eternity. No greater news, no greater story has ever been given. And that's what's been given to us. And if we truly understand grace, if we truly allow grace to get a hold of our lives and relate to it, we can't be silent about it. We we have to talk about it. It's it's just there. It's something that comes out, something about who we are and, and what's going on. We need to understand that we have been redeemed and we have been called. You see, God gave you and God gave me, not the angels. He gave you and me. The privilege to share the gospel with a lost world. Well, there's nothing greater. Nothing you will ever do in your life will ever even begin to touch or measure up to telling the story of Jesus. Nothing. Because there's nothing more important in all of life than that people be redeemed, that people hear the grace of God and know that it's part of it. See, there's the great because that we have and that we see. And then he tells us about this mystery that's been revealed. And we're going to learn more about it as we move through these verses. But what Paul is is trying to get a hold of is is that he's trying to open up his heart to say to us, you know, God gave me a message. Something that, that had been hidden in his heart from all eternity. Something that we haven't really understood. It's a a family secret. It's something that only those in Christ can begin to understand. That only those who genuinely have responded to the grace of God can get a hold of and grasp the significance of it and walk in the truth of it. It's it's something that's been given. And Paul says, I have been entrusted with that message to share with you so that you might be entrusted with that message. And, And the message or the reality is that God so loved all of us that each and every one of us can be a part of the family of God. See, up until this point, people still were struggling. We still do it, unfortunately, today in our own world. We're so prejudiced and we, we divide people into so many different segments and, and everybody wants their own individuality and we, we don't want to accept the reality that in Christ we're one. And that's what Paul was trying to say. See, see the, the, the Jews thought the Gentiles were dogs. They weren't worth anything. Had no worth in their life. And we have the same opinion about lots of people. Unfortunately, in our lives, that's called sin, in case you didn't know that. We need to understand. And Paul was saying that that God had called, God had done something. He gave a message to a nation that wasn't a people, but He made them a people. And he gave them a message that they were to tell the whole world that God was God and that there was no other God but him and that this God was so great and so amazing and so mighty that all the people in all the world of all time throughout history would be able to walk in the fellowship of this God, forgiven of their sin, restored into a relationship. And that was the calling of Israel. They were to be a people that told the message of God. And they said, no, 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 we won't do that. We are the chosen. We are the best. No one compares to us and no one else has the right to the gospel but us. And we do the same. But God's heart had always been. That's what he told Israel. That's what he told through the prophets. That's what he came in Christ Jesus to verify, to prove, to show in demonstration that his plan had always been that all men, all women All boys and girls, every person had the invitation, the opportunity, the right to be a child of the living God, to be a part of God's holy family for all of eternity. No one ruled out because of their education or their financial status or their ethnicity. No one ruled out because of where they were born or what country they've lived in or what family they belonged to. No one outside the circle of the possibility of the grace of God. No one. And that's the mystery that he's opening up in Paul, as he says, he's going to start a new humanity. There's not Jew, there's not Gentile, there's not Greek, there's not all these different things. There's the church. That's the mystery. The church is the heart of God. The church is the living work of God. The people of God who have been redeemed, bought by the blood of Christ, brought into it. That's what Paul's talking about. That he has been given this message. He's been revealed to him. And it's been opened up to him. That God all along never wanted the separation of mankind. Never wanted people to look at each other as some worthy and some unworthy. But God wanted everyone to know that in his eyes they were all worthy. They were all acceptable. They were all invited to be a part of the family. It hadn't been known, and it wasn't it's still not understood today. People still don't understand the church, and unfortunately, most of us in the church don't understand the church. This is God at work and moving and being a part of all that's going on. It's God. See, Paul's saying God is reaching out to all mankind. It's, he's opening up his heart. And he's, he's opening it up in such a way that all people can see and understand. And there could be no misunderstanding of God any longer. They don't have to say God is, we, we can't know God. We can't understand God. We can't know the works of God or the plans of God or the purposes of God. He's too high. He's too above everything that we are. And certainly we can't know all the things of God. He's God and we're not. But he said, you can know my heart. And I'll show it to you, first of all, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came and he dwelt among us and he put himself upon a cross and said, this is my heart. All people are welcome to be forgiven, are welcome into the family of God. No exceptions. We're all invited. Christ died to make that possible. He rose from the dead. He pours out his life. Revelation that he's talking about here is the revelation that comes from God. It's not a human revelation. It's not something that we can seek out with our minds and seek to try to understand and try to be a part of. It's God-given. It's God's information that God is giving through Paul to us and through us to everyone else that will hear and listen to what's going on. It's the very heart of God being opened up. That's what the mystery is, is that God wants us to know. Folks, look around you, every single one of you. God died for you. No exceptions. Are we worthy of that? No, there's not anybody in this room that's worthy of the Christ's death upon the cross. There's not anyone that's ever lived, nor will there ever be anyone that lives that's worthy of the Christ. But God loved us so much anyway (laughs) that he gave his son, he opened up his heart, and he said, this is what I've always been about, reaching you with my love, demonstrating to you how great is my mercy and my grace. We all know the little song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. I just wish we believed it. I just wish we believed it. Because there's no one that God doesn't love. And there's no one that's not invited to be a part of the body, a part of the church. The plan of God all along has been to be a new humanity. Not Jew, not Gentile, not Greek, not black, not white, not red, not yellow, not poor, not rich, not Democrat, not Republican. Christian. Christian. See, that's the new humanity. That's the new thing that God has given us as a church, a body of people who have been redeemed by the grace of God and brought together in oneness through Christ. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what he's so excited about. And that's why he had to pause for just a moment from the prayer that he was wanting to pray. And what a prayer. When we see it, oh, well, what a great prayer it is. But he had to pause a moment and he had to just reflect upon again that God's mysterious grace, this mysterious work of God that's been unknown, that's been not understood that's been out there but not really taken hold of and lived out in the lives of people because no one would really grasp the truth of it but I've been so overwhelmed by the grace of God I who hated the church I who hated Christ I who had nothing to do with anything but to believe that all people outside of the faith of Judaism were lost and had no right to anything I most of all the sinner the chiefest of all sinners tell you that God's grace is so amazing that it has brought me down it's broken all the barriers of my my heart. It's made me aware that there's no one that God doesn't love. That there's no one that God's grace isn't for. That there's no one that God doesn't extend himself to and say, welcome home. Would you come to me? Would you receive me? Would you accept me? Would you take my grace and my mercy in your life? And he said, I have been given that stewardship. I've been given that joy. I've been given that responsibility. And I cannot be silent. Can we? Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think about your word, what a powerful, powerful reality that in Christ there's no distinctions for we are one. We are one in the body of Christ. One in the body of love. We are one in God. Oh, certainly there's differences among us. We don't look the same, act the same, talk the same, walk the same. There's all kinds of things about us that are different, and that's nothing wrong or unusual or something to be ashamed of. That's just who we are as people. But once we have been redeemed, barriers that have been put up between us and others and barriers that even had kept us from understanding you and who you are, are being torn down, being shattered. The walls are being removed. And we're being able to look once again one, at one another. Beyond those outward differences that we see, to an inward unity, an inward alikeness. We're your children. God, I pray this morning that you would help us to understand that, that we'd just once again be overwhelmed by your grace that you extended to us. And that we'd realize that the church is here, the local church as well as the church universal to spread the message that all are invited that everyone can be accepted through the blood of Christ. That we take our responsibilities seriously even as we rejoice day in and day out that you included even me. Even me. All these moments that we're about to enter in the invitation time are your moments as all of it has been but This is especially your time because only you can make a difference in a person's life. Those who without Christ Jesus in this moment of invitation can open their hearts and listen to the Holy Spirit drawing them to you and hearing you say to them, I love you. I want to forgive you of your sin. I want to restore you to the relationship that you've been separated from me in because of that sin. And I want you to be a part of my church, my family, my oneness as a body of Christ. Those who say they know you and love you and yet have not made themselves a part of your body, they've not been willing to join a local church to be a part of that, and maybe this is the time they need to do that. Or those of us who say we know you and yet we harbor in our hearts prejudices and Bitterness toward other peoples We're selective in those we believe Can be loved and those who shouldn't be God you need to break our hearts And put us on our knees before you and Forgive us Of that kind of an attitude God I don't know what all the needs are Only you know that But you know every single person in this room You know exactly what they need They can choose to listen and respond to your invitation of grace or they can ignore it. You love us that much to give us that choice. My prayer this morning is that all of us and each of us will choose to listen and choose to say yes to whatever it is that you put on our hearts. And I pray that in Christ's name.